RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. On a number of occasions now, I've spoken with Dr. Matt Shelton of NZDSOS, and many of you will be familiar with those chats that we've had. Well, Dr. Matt Shelton returns to the studio to talk some more. Matt, good to see you again. Hello, Paul. Okay, um, this is, I think, where the rubber's going to hit the road, right? Because here, now, we've talked about all the other stuff and, you know, what led to this and where it's all going. Now we're here to talk about human life. Yeah, and more specifically, the loss of it. Hmm. Um, we, we are, by any account, and by every account, um, you know, looking at New Zealand and what's going on around the world, you know, in the middle of, of the highest ever um, death rates uh, of all ages, and this includes these young people. So this is why it can't be easily fobbed off as just, you know, an aging population or, you know, the late consequences of the lockdowns uh, as, as sub, some countries have tried to, to fob off. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, this is very real. And this isn't just about dry government statistics or statistics from, um, you know, in, independent websites showing the departure from, from the usual kind of mortality rates. Um, you know, it's upwards of 20% in some countries and in some times. And, and in fact, if you look at um, some of the younger age groups, the age bands, you can find astonishingly raised death rates. In the thousands of percent. Um, no, not, not so much. But, um, well, you know, you know for, for instance, 2021, the, the CDC probably accidentally released information showing that an 84% increase in the rates of death in uh, 25 to 49 year olds in, in the US. I think working, I was working age adults of, of sports stars. <laughs> yeah, well, you can look at sports stars. You can look at huge doctors. jump there. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know radio personalities. I hope not. But mm-hmm. you know, you can you can pick any group, and you're seeing the same thing across demographics. Yeah, um, you know, social strata uh, and age groups. But it's it's most noticeable, and of course, most tragic in younger people. Um, so you've got your statistics and you've also got the, you know, the raw on the ground truths of people dying suddenly, unexpectedly, um, with no pre-existing conditions or, or comorbidities. Um, and, and a trend, though, to completely ignore what's happening. Yeah. And I guess this is my, um, you know, this has got the wind in my sails and my motivation and, and in fact, you know, passion, for lack of a better word, in continuing to try and speak out. And to try and understand how it can be happening with many people still unaware, and particularly people um, in, in positions of authority and responsibility and who are paid uh, you know, by the taxpayer um, you know, to look after us, um, how those people too are seemingly silent and in the face now of what is incontrovertible, overwhelming, multiple different streams of proof that something really, really, really bad is happening. And, and there are lots of questions that come from this. Um, the, perhaps the, the ones most pressing for me are, well, how can this actually be happening? Um, you, you know, are we saying that there's a collusion of thousands of people at all levels of government, you know, who are covering this up? No, I don't think so. You only need a few people right at the top, mm. um, you know, to dish out orders. Um, and everybody else is really just trying to do their best. Um, but there's crowd psychology and and huge amounts of of human bias that can be leveraged against those people to keep them just plowing forward with their eyes shut grimly hoping that that 
you know, whatever they're worried about is somehow going to all be over if they just push on and, and don't be the first one to kind of ask questions. Has there ever been such a lack of curiosity? Well, I don't think there's ever been such a situation as we've got now. Um, and I think this is the problem for us. I mean, New Zealand's never been in, invaded, certainly not since we, you know, we colonised um, uh, ourselves. Uh, you know, we've gone off to fight other people's wars in distant lands. Um, and, and we've never really had to, you know, have our wits about us. Uh, but it does seem to us, you know, that, that, that we have, you know, there's been an invasion, certainly there's been an ideological invasion, and I think we can all agree that. And, I mean, you know, RCR is founded and earns its living on pointing out... Hmm. Um, you know, all the ways in which the lives that we've always led are are changing. And of course, there's a lot more to come. <clears throat> Many of us understand that. And look, some of us don't get it yet. And I understand that. And I'm particularly keen to try and reach people who say, um, well, you know, I'm fine. Uh, I, you know, I took the jabs, for instance, and, and, and I'm fine. Or, well, I don't know anybody who's dropped dead. Uh, well, that's fine and good for you. But just because you're okay doesn't mean everybody else is. And I still have the memory of Dr. Shane Retty, you know, who, who is vying to be our next health yeah. minister, um, replying to a friend of mine who stood up and said, you know, he, and, and he'd been vaccine injured, another health professional and his wife, both of them were injured. And they've had a horrible time for a year and a half now. Um, and, and my friend just asked, look, you know, when are you guys, when's the National Party going to acknowledge the extent of injuries and, and try and do something about it? And his response was, and this is a doctor, by the way, well, I have my jabs and I'm fine. So what's the problem? Uh, well, you know, surely we all look a little bit further than our immediate. Well, he's just been out in, interest. in ambulances, well reported around the country, oh, yeah. noting that the, the hospitals are maxed out and so are the ambulance staff with their workload. Do you think you'd join a few dots there and ask why that is? Well, you, you and I would, because we're used to asking After questions. After already having that, uh, you know, Q&A moment with your friend? Mm, well, I don't know, professional politicians. You've got to, you've got to wonder about, um, you know, their, their, their independent thinking and their ability to smell the rats. Um, hmm. But, you know, any way you skin it, um, something smells really bad. And, you know, we are dying excessively. And there are hundreds and hundreds of uh, stories of people who've just, just close to their vaccine suddenly and unexpectedly dropped dead. Um, and, and there's a huge disbelief around this because surely if that was happening, somebody would tell us or acknowledge it uh, and, and try and fix it or do something about it. But we wrote to um, Medsafe in September 2021 with the first kind of iteration of, of, you know, what's become the citizens' database, you know, a, a list compiled of cases of people um, who had died, uh, and we got a fairly, you know, rude and, and sort of sceptical response back, saying, "Look, don't you guys know? You know, on average, throughout the year, about eighty-three people die on average. There are people dying all the time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, nothing, nothing to see here." And our response is, "Well, if that's the case, if it's eighty-three a day." And, and, and averaged out over the year and of course it's seasonal and it was 83 uh, a couple of years ago up until you know, it's nudging somewhere between 90 and 100 now yeah um, we're, we're looking at roughly 100 excess deaths a week right um, compared to the historical 
norms, you know, up to the, the few years up to, up to COVID time. And in fact, including the first year of COVID, things didn't really budge there. Yeah. Um, so, but you, you know, if, if you have a handful of people dying when they shouldn't because of a medical treatment, for instance, a day, that's going to be fairly easily hidden. Um, you know, and as a, a doctor up until recently of, you know, 38 years, um, you know, I can tell you that, that most people that die are expected to die. Yeah. They're elderly um, or they've, you know, they're in the last stages of cancer um, or, or they're known to have already had strokes, heart attacks, um, complications, diabetes, that sort of thing. Um, you know, it's, it's very rare in our work as a community, as community doctors, as GPs, um, you know, to, to see people dying at a younger age. Um, you know, and you can generally remember through your whole career cases where you might have seen somebody in their 30s. Mm. Um, much what, less once a, or twice. Much less a child, you know, and you remember those cases. Yeah. Uh, and yes, they may turn out in the end to be put down to some sort of inherited cardiac vulnerability that nobody knew about. Hmm. Um, but, but there are literally hundreds of these cases happening now. And since, they're all being put down to the same thing. Since a certain time, hmm. connecting with a certain... Yeah, March, April, 2020. Rollout. Look, you could say that. I, as you know, I couldn't possibly comment. Well, actually, I can comment. I'm just not commenting as a doctor because in order to um, remain unsuspended, which the medical council signaled they would resuspend me immediately um, after I actually won the right to be unsuspended in court. Yeah. So they gave a couple of fingers to the judicial process. Um, I've just chosen not to reapply for a, a practicing certificate because the moment I do, they signal they will just start the whole thing all over again. Um, and, and I'd rather... They don't give up, do they? ...not be suspended. Well, this is a really good... It's, that's a great comment, Paul. How, how could you? So imagine if you are in the Medical Council, in the Ministry of Health, um, if you're a government scientist, and it's becoming clear that this... What was always a Russian roulette gamble. It was always a gamble. There was never any scientific support for safe and effective. Hmm. Um, you know, and what there was was marketing spin. And there was alarm bells starting to, to ring anyway before it even started here. Well, there were. And, and I mean, other countries that hmm. started before us were, were already seeing record-breaking hmm. reports of death and injury. Um, but those countries were ignoring it too. Um, so, yeah, the alarm bells were ringing. Um, in fact, even with the proposition that there'd be um, warp speed and that there wouldn't be the traditional testing because there wasn't time, you know, for an illness that already at that point was looking like a moderate influenza in terms of your personal risk of dying from it if you got the flu. Um, so, you know, that amongst many of the norms were just chucked aside. Yeah. But if you, uh, you know, if you start to suspect that maybe, you know, you've made a horrendous mistake, um, you know, we, we, we took a gamble, we chose to think the best, we were scared and, and um, you know, reassured that, that salvation would come through a jab, hmm. etc. Um, and then this data starts coming in. Um, you're not going to be the one to sort of stick your hand up, especially when you see that people that do, you know, get shut down or persecuted, vilified, you know, the entire weight of the mainstream media turns on them. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's human nature. You you know, most of us, too. most of us, go along to get along. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, one thing that'll keep people awake at night is worrying about the mortgage and how they're going to feed their kids. And do they want to risk being shamed by their peer groups? Hmm. Um, you know, 
that that for many people is the, is is their worst fear is actually just being you know cut off socially from their their peers their their workers their family their support networks um which, which is a risk if you you know speak your truth yeah even if you're sure but, of but what in, it is. in in the end it's going to catch up with you anyway yeah but we you know we don't think like that humans aren't wired um to, to actually be that smart and and to think that far ahead yeah um it's even be, worse when that happens when it well gets... well it it is but what people have got is they've got, they're in a group so you know they talk about the madness of crowds and how being in a crowd or a group of people you know and and, and god knows there's enough sort of echo chambers and yep. group think knocking around at the best of times um but it will magnify the you know the fear of the consequences of being the one to speak out uh, and we've heard over and over again stories from within the health service for instance of um this kind of collusion of silence uh, and i think it was Ed- edward dowd came up with this really good phrase you know a conspiracy of interests yeah but you know people have a vested interest in all just collaborating to just keep the whole thing going um and and, and we can push things off into the future and we can hope it's all going to go away and and you know because hope also is a very powerful and, and often inspiring human quality well, it's why we get out of bed in the morning in fact because uh, i talked with ed dowd he said that um in that mind the people of that mind he called them criminals actually they'll lie right to the end hmm. they'll go all the way to the absolute end he said enron was an example of that they just lied and lied until the game was up yeah well and, look that, that, yeah. that's right it's it's the you know million dollar spit in the ocean thing um, where, where you know you've, you've you've come this far and and sunk cost. They talk about investment as well. Well, I've I've thrown the, this much in. I might as well keep going because yeah. you know it's frankly impossible for me to backtrack right now. So I think there are many people who are trapped in the situation of of sensing at least that something might be wrong. Yeah. Well, something is bloody wrong. You know, people are dying. You know, we're not just talking about um, you know economic indicators. You know, people are losing their lives. And they never should have done. And no one is doing anything about it. So an obvious question, if this is true, and, you know, if, if people don't buy this, perhaps just let's just play pretend. And, and yeah. let's just pretend it's true. Yeah. Let, imagine. Like a, it, like a thought experiment or something. Yeah. Let's just imagine it's true. Hmm. Um, you're going to want to do something about it, aren't you? Aren't we going to want to take care of ourselves and each other? Are we gonna wanna, aren't we going to want it to stop? And then aren't we going to want to see, to confirm there was a problem, figure out what the problem was and how to fix it, and maybe who was responsible and what we're going to do about that. Uh, you know, that, that's what a, a normal healthy society presumably is capable of. When people have stuff to hide, though, or to minimise, that's a lot harder to do. Well, it is, and it's probably impossible for uh, many people, and uh, that, that's not their fault, particularly. I've always used the analogy of air crashes, because those are the things that really mm. get your attention. Mm. Whenever there's an air crash, there's a thorough investigation into it, because it's all about making sure that it doesn't happen again, or minimising the chances of whatever caused it um, from happening again. And that is, that is why air travel is so safe, because of that uh, process. Mm. Now, would people tolerate, you know... Uh, um, I don't know, an A320 crash every week in New Zealand without it ever anyone ever looking into it? Well, no, of course they wouldn't. And what's the difference? The difference is the, you know, the drama, the glamour factor, the, the, you know, the shock horror of, of so many lives lost all at once. Yeah. 
you know, in a fire, and people fly, they, they lose their confidence yeah. in flying. So, but, but but the difference is that um, it's it's sort of scattered amongst us. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it's not in your face. One, you know, blob of people on the news. Mm. But you know, I, I, I'm astonished when I talk to people how many cases they can pull in from their peer group and their families of people that have been injured or maybe even died. Yeah. You know, everybody seems to know something that's happening. And if you extrapolate that to the full population, um, that, then it does actually accord quite nicely with, or well, nice is not the right word, awfully, um, you know, with the estimates of, um, you know, the number of people that may well have died and the number of injuries, the number of people who are disabled, who may never work again. Uh, and, and, and these people are being rendered invisible too. The machine is trying to keep them yeah. hidden. They're, they're not enough of them have been acknowledged by ACC. Um, doctors are sending people away saying that they're, they're, you know, they're just anxious when it's all in their heads because they've been enabled to do exactly that by a few people at the top as well. Uh, you know, and I think we've probably, well, I know you've spoken to other people as well about this sort of military-grade number that's been done on yep. an entire population to enable this sort of thing to happen. Um, and, and, and we, you know, we are enabled. We model ourselves on, on people that we hold in a, you know, position of, of, of influence. Yeah. And, and we copy them. And this is how half the country, um, you know, had their, their inner Nazi, if you like, um, because we all have that in, in us. We all have the ability to be nasty, to lie, to, to, you know, to be horrible in the right circumstances. You know, none of us are angels. Um, but, you know, a certain person at the top enabled half the country to turn on the other country by telling us lies mm. oh you know it'll be a pandemic of the unvaccinated and those people that refuse to be vaccinated are stopping the rest of us getting our freedoms yeah what a load of crap well that was military grade to say that mm. because that automatically um creates a, a blame situation we we were chatting a while back and you said and i think um i think there's something in this you're right Anyone leaving a group, for, for a start, for the person leaving a group or being cast out by a group, it's a, it's a horrible thing. But also for the group watching someone being cast out, once you're out, it's like you don't exist. Yeah, you, I, I, you, I, I, I do remember that. You're kind of gone. And, and this, is, this is predictable and it has its... So that explains that total disconnect yeah. of relationships. So many people have said, well, you know, it was like I never had my family or I was suddenly dead to my workmates. Um, because, you know, this, this all comes back to basic primal sort of biological survival instincts. Yeah. And, and you know, we're we are tribal, we're, we're herd animals, yeah. if you like, you know, mm -hmm. in, in a number of ways. Um, and and if, if you choose or you get thrown out of the village or the, you know, the group, you're less likely to survive. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And so you're, you're perceived as, as basically you're, dead. You're dead already. So people yeah. start to grieve. And, 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 but you're still there. Yeah. So that they're just able to disconnect. And it happens so easily and so profoundly what that, that it if, has to have a basic... If you basic... don't disappear and you don't... Right. And you do survive, that's a very challenging situation. Well, it is. But, you know, there, there are just wonderful stories I keep hearing, too, of, of people who are, you know, being reconnected with and kind of asked or invited back into the workplace right. or the families and things. Yeah. You know, nothing's said, and that yeah. can be quite difficult if you've been... Um, you know, persecuted for a couple of years. But it's important to recognize what's happening because cognitive dissonance 
is where you're presented with two alternative yep. sets of facts, and you have to choose one, otherwise yeah, you go And they're opposed. Otherwise you go crazy. Yeah. That's right. So here we all are. We're still here. Um, you know, if we've had COVID, we've probably only had it once. Um, and, and we're, in lots of ways, better than we were before. Yeah. Because we've, we've had to stand on our own two feet. We've had to learn about, you know, l- looking after our own health. Yeah. Um, you know, w- w- what's important to stay sane as well mm. as healthy. Yeah, for uh, sure. and, and we've connected with amazing people that we'd never met in our lives, um, but, you know, whom we shared a lot in common. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the only upside. The problem is there are people not here anymore. And there are people who, the thing that really, really is heartbreaking is that a lot of the people who've been, you know, injured uh, or, or who died didn't want to get the thing in the first place. Um, and, and there are others that went in you know, thinking and hoping for the best doing and believing duty. everything they were told. Yeah. Um, and, and doing it to keep granny safe. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Um, but, but they're actually gone and, and they will never come back. But there are people who, for the rest of their lives, will be affected bitterly sometimes by the loss of that person. And, and no one's doing anything about it. Well, there's a gaslighting too, isn't there? Um, for those who have been injured, I've seen enough interviews and chats with these people who have tried to get some sort of recognition of their situation, and they're literally cast as sort of mentally ill. No, no they're not. <laughs> no, there's, there's a few and to you do know, that. falling through the cracks and yeah. actually getting some ACC yeah. acknowledgement and a bit of compensation. It's a, it's a fraction, a tiny right. fraction. Well, well how, how is that determined if you're the squeakiest wheel? Is that how that works? You make the most threats to out people or to shame people? Yeah, well, there, there was a bit of a change in policy a while ago um, where suddenly it seemed it was easier to get acknowledgement. Certainly if you've got a, a, a heart information, a heart yeah. inflammation, myocarditis, Because that's the common one now. It, it is a common one, a, a, absolutely. It's a bit a- hard to refute that now. ACC will acknowledge that. Well, that's right, because there are, you know, black and white tests that will diagnose it. Yeah. Um, but there's certainly some evidence that says that actually there's lots of subclinical illness and lots of people, um, you know, have had mild symptoms that they might not realise should have got checked out um, or, or that were checked out and, and were came to nothing or are not didn't meet the definition even getting it checked hmm. because that that requires a certain admission to yourself too that, that well, well it does but you know again that's human nature we all just hope no, for the I, best I know that, but especially just, men we just sit on it and when yeah, it goes tell away, me about think, it oh that's all right <laughs> being you know. there done that well no we're here to talk about i mean you've got a list and and i became aware of this list that you well this data that you were gathering quite a while ago but most recently you you held it up to a to a camera to me and I could see that there were names and ages on that list. Now we're across the table. You've got the um, list there. We're talking about real people here, like actual people. Do you want to mention some of those cases just to... Sure. Look, I, I can pick some out. There's about 200 names on this list. Yeah, well, um, obviously that's... And, and I pulled them out and, and it's not remotely up to date. It's about three months, three okay. months old now. Well, it's within QE. Um, but they, these people are under 50. Um, but look, it looked like about 4,000 people died. 4,000? 4, 4,000 people last year um, in excess of normal rates. And normal rates don't vary more than a few percent because people die of the same things. You know, so unless there's some horrendous, you know, war in, in, in a country or... Because there's nothing else to explain it, right? There's only one thing that really has happened. Yeah, and that thing has been ignored completely. Yeah. You know, they, they've dredged the barrel for the most bizarre and ridiculous list of reasons why young people are having strokes and heart attacks. 
um, for instance. Um, but, but just before we sort of mention some of these, um, you know, they are, they are all cases where um, it was very close to the vaccine. Right. For instance, is that part of the if, if, criteria if that you use to to? Yeah, you know, and, and and these are these are submitted by by people in the community, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, press reports, and and you know, you can triangulate in any number of ways that there's something bad going on. You know, you can look at the death notices, the number of people who died suddenly and unexpectedly. You know, sudden and unexpected, taken too soon. Yeah, you know, and younger people. Yeah. Um, you know, we have funeral directors saying that they've never been as busy and they've never had as many young people and sometimes children, very depressing, dis- yeah. distressingly. Um, you know, we're all going to funerals. Um, graveyards are busy. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're in, especially, it's especially noticeable in the smaller towns where people are connected. Yeah. Um, you know, places like Kaikoura and um, where else was I recently? Um, Omaru. Yeah, I where, where um, you know, and there's lots of cancers too, and and this is a whole separate thing that we could talk about. Are these these turbo cancers that people talk? Well, about? it does seem it does seem like fast. that. It does seem like that. But, you know, recurrence of cancers that that have long ago were thought to be caught, uh, cured or, or have just been, you know, in the background, um, and new cases and new cases of rare types of tumours, yeah. um, but progressing very, very rapidly, uh, and people presenting very late. And, so and they turn up and they're already riddled. And since the start of this role, well, that, that right? certainly seems, that's the line of the sand. Seems how it is to us. And there are pathologists, you know, professionals in their field yeah. who are saying, absolutely, they have seen their work go up and so they're seeing things that they've never seen before. All sorts of data points then, like you say, triangulating into this. Yeah, I mean, funeral directors would not be busy if they didn't have a whole load of people to bury. Look, that, that, that's right, and I mean, data from St John saying that they saw in in twenty twenty one, I think it was thirty percent increase in call outs to, yeah. to to young people. They must know with cardiac emergencies. They must know of all people. They must know. Well, a, a few are speaking out. I know they've they've done some interviews and things. But they they must see this. That they're, they're the ones who see this the most, surely. Mm. Well, they are. And um, I was talking to a, um, an emergency department registrar um, earlier this year. It was just a private conversation, um, but you'll have to trust me that it actually happened. Yeah. In fact, he spoke to a number of us. Um, and, and other than the, the dramatic increase in, in um, seriously ill people coming in, you know, in each shift, they were aware that there were a lot more people dying in the community. So they didn't even come to hospital. Okay, so or if home, they did, they came in already. Yeah, did. Yeah, um, you know, for to be a, a coroner's case if they were lucky. So, so what does that tell you? Well, it tells us that people that, are just that, that this is real, dying suddenly, and there's no lead up to it. Not even time to necessarily call an ambulance. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, there's there's a few cases where people get into hospital, come home, and then die. Right. Um, and and you know, we already had a, a shortage of coroners, and a shortage of pathologists able to do PM before COVID came along. Um, but, you know, an astonishing thing of the many is the number of cases where there aren't investigations, there aren't post-mortems. Is that, um, is that and, usual? And there aren't inquests. Well, no, it's not really. It's, okay. it's not. I mean, the, the community has a right to know. This is a thousand-year-old established principle of common law is that the community needs to know what its people are dying from. Yeah. Um, you know, as a warning, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, so the, the coroner's acts and things have always been very specific that there has to be a cause of death established, but not know, now in every person. All of a sudden, that doesn't matter anymore. Well, I wonder why. Hmm. Well, the coroner's act has, was watered down 
earlier this year. We all know about that. In anticipation. Um, and, and so there's now there's no actual need now to know why somebody had a, a natural cause of death of a stroke, a brain hemorrhage, a blood clot, um, a heart attack. Um, because we already recognize that these things can happen to people, you know, usually as part of the aging process yeah. and in the later stages of life. It's not, considered a natural cause of not death. Not of young people, and there's been such a jump in the numbers. Of course, Paul, of course. Do you want to talk about some of the people on this list? Sure. Without maybe even names, but certainly ages. Well, well I won't. I mean, there's, there's a couple. Uh, I mean, as we know, the government's acknowledged four Four as being probably after the jab. I mean, there's been 170 or 80 reported cases. But look, we don't even know now because MedSafe has stopped publishing safety reports because they say, oh, the thing's so safe. Uh, and we know what all the side effects are. So there's no point. Maybe we'll put something out every three months. Oh, yeah. Maybe we won't. Um, so that's another major red flag. Totally. As far as we're concerned. Um, when police go to cases of sudden death, when they're called, um, one of the um, there's, there's a form I think it's called PL3 or something there's a form that they fill in there's now a question that the police have to ascertain interestingly was the person vaccinated against COVID-19 so they're trying to gather data now well we presume they are and thank God somebody is yeah. because so often we're told in, in official yeah, information but, but who's that, data for? that there's no data is that data for them to understand what sort of measures they have to take to protect themselves or is that data to benefit the well, citizen, the, the, citizenry of the country. Who knows? Who knows? I would hope it's for good reasons. I would hope at some point okay. they'll be able to say, look, if we get called to a sudden death in a young person, most of them are jabbed. I don't know. We'll, well, that, have, to, we'll have to wait and see. One thing I have noticed is that uh, when stats are, are released, there is never any sort of delineation between vaxxed and unvaxxed. So no one is ever empowered with that information. No, you can you can drag some of it out in OIAs and... A torrent of information has come out, and this is one of the things that gives me optimism, and that maybe there are still some good people trying to do good work. Mm. Um, I'm sure there are. In Wellington, for yeah. instance, because you know the information that's come out has confirmed loud and clear that the government knew right from the beginning that the safe and effective thing essentially was a lie. So you're saying that they that, didn't have the evidence. That information probably wouldn't be released what, through OIAs and, and those sorts of things. Um, if people weren't looking for ways from behind the scenes to get information out. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's a very, um, you know, well-known and well-understood way of accessing public information. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I've been surprised yeah, but, personally but actually how much stuff is answered seemingly honestly. They still fudge it, though. They still mm. delay it and they still find all sorts of mm. ways to, to get in the way of it. Well, they, they do. But to just answer your point, sometimes they do release information. Um, separating things out by vaccination status. Right, okay. Um, you know, and it all adds to what we're able to say, yeah. which is that um, people don't do so well. But you've got to drill down. and It's not volunteered no, I've got, look, of, at of, the top level. Of, to of course it isn't. Yeah. Of course it isn't. But I'm, you know, I'm very pleased and I suppose still somewhat surprised that it's still coming out. Yeah. So the government were told by their own experts, um, for instance, that... Um, they would be breaching very important human rights unless they were absolutely sure that the yeah, thing prevented I think I've transmission. Seen, I've think, seen those OIA, yeah. Yeah, and, and some of your other colleagues, yeah. I think, have talked to people. Yeah. Um, who've maybe even put those, put those in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's very plain that this whole thing has been, you know, a PR exercise um, and not an exercise in telling the truth. But part of the justification for that, uh, and this, 
allies with a shift that we've noticed also in the discussion around medical ethics is I think public officials have this fundamental belief that um, they can lie in their teeth and in fact they should if it's to protect the public from being anxious or upset right that you know part of their job is to smooth the waters and to reassure people even if that means you have to tell whoppers because you know that's the best thing you can do is to keep people happy and calm where do you learn that well you just sort of oh you mean where do you learn to do that <laughs> yeah i mean is that part it's of probably the, in the culture the culture it? the indoctrinated culture of well I, I i don't know maybe it is but there's a parallel um and i think very sinister shift in the discussion around medical ethics um which the medical council by the way is is compelled under the health practitioners competence assurance act to maintain standards they're there there to protect medical ethics and to make sure doctors act yeah. according to their 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 oaths um but now the definition of what is good medical ethics um, is being shifted towards supporting the public health edifice, maintaining public confidence oh, so that's, in medicine. Now you can lie to them if, if they're feeling better. Well, it's taken away the, the focus purely with the patient in front of you, right, okay. with their unique circumstances and with your personal knowledge of their situation and your training and your um, you know, accepted ability to... So there's no individual anymore? Give your opinion. Um, Just a group. Well, this this is what it's seeming. Yeah. So they may be able to stay within the definition of the act, but you know what these terms mean to all of us is being changed, and it's part of it seems to us part of this whole you know woke um, woke tsunami. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where where you know the meaning of words and new words um, dictates, if you like, yeah. you know, from on higher being just shoved down our throats. Yeah. Um, and it and it's very sinister, and. It's another thing that I think is putting the public public at risk. You know, it's already hard enough to get get through an ED. I mean, you have to queue up to get into an ED yeah. these days in ambulance, yeah. let alone get a bed. Well, well, and the other problem is, and I can say this from my own experience, present company excluded, I don't trust any doctors anymore. I don't trust any nurses at the, at the top <sighs> you, level. You've got I, to. I, I, I know, I know, I know. And, and there are some that I can. But at first blanche... I have to be protective of myself, like anyone would have to, and say, you know, you can't expect instant respect or credibility from me anymore. Mm. You've got to work for it well, now. Ma- maybe and- it's it's time we did all wake up and realise that, um, you know, just because somebody's a professional doesn't mean they're able always to be completely objective. Well, it seems the dumbest people are, are apparently the smartest people. In yeah. many cases, I mean, I, I'm not I think we've got to be careful off, not to yeah. fall into those traps of, of dismissing a whole what, bunch of people. But this the is only what happens, difference, this yeah, is what happens. yeah. But look, the you know the vast majority of, of doctors and nurses, you know, they've they've done their training, they've paid attention, they, yeah. you know, they keep up to date, and they do their best. The difference in this situation was that some of us smelt a rat. That's the only difference. Yeah, and and I'm absolutely confident that if I'd been in my first ten, maybe fifteen years oh, of my career, I, I'd have taken the jabs. Yeah, okay. you know, I, I don't know for sure, but but you know what what stopped me doing it this time round is mileage on the clock and a yeah. kind of evolutionary process of just becoming aware um, that that not everything is as black and white, not everyone is wonderful, hmm. not everybody intends the absolute best for everybody else. Um, that's that's just mileage on the clock, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, you're right. 
Okay, <clears throat> to the list. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I've got sort of several hundred here, and I'm just going to pick a few out. Um, uh, th- th- there's some name. I'll, I'll give a couple of names where where they're already either acknowledged by the government or they've been okay. they've been in the media. Yeah. Um, but I guess what I want the takeaways I would like um, after people just really to see how many younger people. Yeah. Um, and shortly after a jab or something, um, they've just suddenly suddenly died. So I'll just give the ages. So we've got a 13-year-old boy in Auckland. Now, he was previously confirmed to have post-vaccine myocarditis. 13. Um, he'd been put on medication for life and, and, and had just finished his temporary ban from sports for um, six months, I think it was. Uh, and he just resumed his rugby and rowing. Um, and he, he just died in his sleep. So he was found by his folks in the early hours of the morning. Yeah. Um, so 13, 13. Um, yeah. we've got Rory Nan yeah, we know, know about Rory. and we all know about Rory and, and bless him and bless his family but you know he, he again is, is representative of or tip of the iceberg if you like for many people in the same situation he, he was in his 20s wasn't he yeah he, he was um, 26 right um, there was a 32 year old lass in, in Wanganu who actually worked she had a, a sort of a, a medical type job and this yeah. is particularly close to my heart because um, you know, and I spoke extensively to family and, and um, work colleagues and things. She desperately did not want to have a booster because she knew that there might be problems. Um, she had a thumping headache the day after. Um, and she just died in her bed that night. 32 years old, single mum. Yeah. Um, and, and people who knew were very clear that she, she gave consent under duress. She didn't want to do it, but she had to keep her job. Yeah. She was a single mum. A 21-year-old man, um, fit and healthy martial artist, died two days after his jab, um, and he died from a brain bleed and cardiac arrest. Um, 21. Wait on, uh, uh, two things. Mm. Uh, obviously connected in some way, but brain bleed and a heart, is that like getting hit twice, or is that the same thing? Well, it probably pays to just remember a little bit about what happens um, when you have this jab. It it gets into the bloodstream. That's very clear. Yeah. You know, yeah. we were lied to right at the beginning. And again, some of us, oh, now nah, this isn't right. When we were told it stays in the arm, it's just not physically possible. Yeah. You know, muscles full of blood vessels. Of course. Uh, and, and it can get into the, you know, the, the body very quickly. People have had injections into their muscles of painkillers and, and antibiotics and, and sedatives and antipsychotics precisely because they get into the bloodstream very quickly yeah. and get to where they're needed. Um, so... Most of the blood from the heart goes to the brain. Well, a third of it goes to the brain. Yeah. But the brain's only about 3% of the body weight. But, but the brain has a huge blood supply. So this vaccine, for lack of a better word, uh, well, there's much better words for it, actually, yeah. um, is taken up by the lining of the blood vessels. Right. And, and that's where most of the action is then. So the, the lining of these cells, so they're called endothelial cells. It's a single-cell thick, thick layer of cells that, that line the blood vessels. Okay. Um, so they take up the vaccine and then they start churning out the spike protein and the spike protein will provoke an immune response and supposedly we make antibodies to it. The problem is that, that the spike protein is pushed through the cell membrane. It doesn't immediately appear in the bloodstream. So if it's sort of sticking through and waving about in the bloodstream, the immune system will come and attack it where it finds it. Right. So you can get inflammation and sometimes blocking yeah. of the lining of these blood vessels. Um, the heart gets huge amounts of blood because the heart muscle is always working, you know, your yeah. whole life, it's pumping. And it's very specialized muscle, it never rests. No. So it, it, it gets delivered a huge amount of blood relative to you know, the amount of heart muscle there. 
So, you know, really, this is, this is, it's quite straightforward to expect that there's going to be neurological injuries. Yeah. And there's going to be cardiac. And just to come back to what I said about ACC, um, they, they will accept neurological injuries, uh, sorry, cardiac injuries and anaphylaxis, um, but they're not accepting nervous system industries, injuries and they're not accepting um, autoimmune um, issues. This is where the, the immune system sort of, you get collateral damage from the attack on your own tissues. Um, and, 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 and both of those th things were very predictable that they would happen. Based on wh what's the refusal then based on? Well, there's probably a fear of the number of claims that they would actually receive and have okay. to accept. Right. But, you know, the, right at the beginning, the government budgeted, they planned for 1.1% of serious injury rates. Right. And they budgeted for uh, those people having a week off work and then going on to long-term ACC. You know, this was some of the planning. Yeah. Before they rolled this thing out. So there was an anticipation of a figure. You know, and I mean, that's horrendous for any medication. 1.1 mm. in, major injury, serious, serious reaction. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Okay. Carry so on. I'll, I'll just run through yeah. a few more of these. Um, 16 year old high school girl um, died two weeks after the jab from the brain bleed. Uh, one of my colleagues spoke to some of the hospital staff that were involved in their care, and yeah. they were all clear that the vaccine had um had harmed her okay but what perhaps weren't allowed to talk too much about it okay I, I, look i guess so yep. i guess so yep. um 23 year old woman um died 10 days after her second jab um cause of death was blood clots um in the end but she'd had some small seizures after the, um after the jab and then a major one right that killed her um 12 year old girl um sudden medical event and we often see this yeah a medical event often means somebody died yeah, i've seen medical event <laughs> yeah. in the news a lot and i know what that means it usually means cardiac arrest yeah. sudden death mm. somebody dies yeah. um and and the story there was this oh well this was an undiagnosed heart problem that nobody knew that she'd had okay <laughs> um there's a year 13 uh, an eight-year-old girl in auckland who um had a massive brain bleed um during a run actually Okay, so exertion um, involved. Sorry, yeah. no, she had a, a, a cardiac arrest. Right. Yeah, and, and this is very common. You know, I mean, you know, one of the times when the heart is under most stress course, yeah. is during exercise. Well, that explains the athletes. Well, it does. It, it, it does. And they're all hyper fit. Yeah, so there are two times when, when you know, a young, healthy person is most likely, it seems, hmm. to have a sudden medical event um, in, yeah. in, involving this stuff is, is during strenuous exercise and in the small hours of the morning. And there's very good reasons why the hours between sort of five and seven o'clock um, because that's when you do most of your dream sleep uh, yeah. you know and actually you can have quite a high heart rate and a high blood pressure oh, and lots okay. of adrenaline whizzing right. around without you even realizing yeah so if you've got a low grade hidden unsymptomatic um, bit of inflammation in the heart yeah um, and the heart suddenly can't do its thing and, and a beat just doesn't get it gets dropped it doesn't get transmitted around the heart properly it might just stop well okay uh, and, and look, I mean, I, I can kick those hundreds of these, you know, um, mm. a 12-year-old boy who suddenly died, 14-year-old boy who just dropped dead in front of his parents down in Dunedin. Really? You know, and he was a talented rugby player. He spent a few days in ICU because they got him going again, um, but he, he had brain, you know, brain damage. 37-year-old um, um, adventurer had a heart attack just hours after his booster. 21-year-old... Um, sudden medical event at home um, after the first jab. Um, 
I can talk about Louis, Louis Amos. I've got to know his family very well. I've spoken to his mum and his sister quite extensively, actually. And he was a known, known epileptic, um, but he was well-controlled. Um, but he had a seizure. In fact, he, he'd had seizures that got worse. He'd lost control after his first jab. Why, why, sorry, why would you have a jab if you suffered from epilepsy? Well, because nobody told you not to. Um, but, but wouldn't... Wouldn't you just, wouldn't common sense ring a bell there like, hmm? Well, if you remember, everybody who had anything wrong with them was told that, oh, you know, you're at high risk. You know, if you're immunocompromised, whatever that means, um, you know, you're, you're more at risk from COVID. So you better have a jab. But the point here was okay. that he, he then had his second booster. Yeah. Um, second shot or second sorry, booster? Second, uh, second shot. Right. Um, and he died, died two hours afterwards. He had a massive seizure. And he died. Would that be? And, was that at home, or was that at the place it, he got the? Jab? No, it, it was at home. It was at yeah, home. Okay. Uh, it was. Um, it, it was at home. So, so there was a post mortem, um, and the pathologist said, "Well, yes. Look, it's consistent with him having had a major seizure yeah. and, and stopping breathing." But the point was, there was a pattern of a loss of control of his seizures after yeah. the first jab. And I'm and I'm not speaking as a doctor here. I mean, I sound like I so am, it, and that's that's that's. It was very well under control avoid. until that point. But this is just information from the family. Yeah. Yes, it was. So um, you know, the narrative that came out um, was that oh well, he must have been non-compliant with his tablets, uh, and this is it's always the it's always the mm. gaslighting. It's always their fault. But if you look at the Pfizer post-marketing report, the three months report, there are many many recorded cases of of um, people losing control of seizures. Yeah. Previously stable. Um, or developing new seizures, or developing um, what are called uh, psychotic seizures, where they don't just start having seizures, but they're away with the fairies as well. Um, and, and there was another case, you know, a young fellow, I think he was 23, um, who, who has actually been interviewed, um, or his mum has rather. Uh, and he, you know, he, he had seizures and, and he had a delusional illness, and, you know, he died. The whole thing took about two weeks um, after his jab, and he'd been very, very well um, before that. Uh, as a 57 year old woman in Dunedin with two teenagers uh, well actually I don't know how many teenagers she had um, but they found her dead in bed 12 hours after her first dose um, and she'd had a massive brain bleed Boy it doesn't take long between dose and No if you look at the, the clustering Hours really um, in some cases if, if somebody's going to die closely related to, to the jab um, it's generally on day 2 or 3 Right. You know, there's a, there's a sort of a, a rising peak, day one, two, three, and then it sort of slowly drops off um, over the next sort of two to four weeks. Um, but alarmingly, especially from, from British data, which is, is, has been released all the way through from the Office of National Statistics, just the raw data has been released, no particular comments on it, but people have been drilling into that, and, and, and it's been telling a very worrying story. Um, it seems like there's a gradual rise again, um, and that about five months post-jab, you can see peaks oh, in risk of death. Okay, so it's not over. Well, the, this... Necessarily this, this the would, risk. This would explain the sort of fairly... Yeah. Um, I mean, you can follow um, sudden deaths with versus number of jabs being given. Um, in fact, Grant Dixon did that. Um, he did a very good series of posts, um, looking particularly at the elderly, because there was you know data about numbers and, and, and yep. dates and things. Uh, and there was about a, two, a one to two week lag, and you, you could sort of match the, the the death rates and things. Um, but there's an overall just constant ongoing 
Yeah, so, um, so increase that, in many countries, not all of them, but it seems to be related to the number of jabs that we're giving. Carrying on at the levels that they are, because they haven't buttoned off, it seems. No. Show, and there can't be as many people taking the jabs. And that's an inter- interesting question. Hmm. What well, sort of resistance look, to 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 taking them is there? But that's 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 growing, and that's really important, and it's reassuring. But, from but my point of view, because that, it means that people are not just blindly buying government. But you propaganda. want to see you want to see the excess deaths go down with that, and that's not happening. Well, no, it's at not at this point. It's 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 not, and you've had, but you've had um, politicians on here, or at least public health people and other you know politicians have all been saying, oh, you know, we've never had a lower all-cause mortality. Yeah. So you're presented with these two completely parallel and, um, and opposing he, And he, I know who said that, he said facts. that in a very confident way too, mm. like he wasn't wrong. Well, you know what, at, at that point and with the data he had, he wasn't lying because the last data point that he was referring to from our world in data, which is an international site that compares mortality in, yep. in, in all countries, uh, for New Zealand was December, December 2022. And for the first time in the preceding two years, it actually dipped down and, and, it, and it returns to slightly below the baseline. But the reason it dipped down it was because it was December. And what happens in December and January, everybody goes on holiday. So if you look at preceding Decembers, you know, you can see a similar little right. dip. And okay. then there's a corresponding shoot up to the top yeah. as people come we back. Made, from he work. made the best of it. Well, yes, he did. Yes, he did. But that, that's, that's an example of cherry picking and being very, very specific yeah. um, and actually being deliberately deceptive, in my view. Yeah, well, you'd have Because to if be. you look at the bigger picture, you know, it's, it's, it's all there and it's not going away. Um, and, and when politicians are collared, um, a, a, as a minister in the UK government recently was uh, and was asked um, by Andrew Bridgen, actually, an MP who's been biffed out of the Conservative yes. Party for asking yes. too many questions, yeah. um, you know, what were they going to do about the excess deaths in, in, in England. The answer was, well, you know, it's actually happening in Europe and it's happening in Wales. Yeah, it's and happening Scotland. in other places. So, and then she just promptly sat down. That yeah, was it. And the fit. speaker let her get away with that as an answer. Yeah. I mean, it's mind-blowing, really. It is. Just because it's happening somewhere else. But I, I, yep. I just want to particularly, because yep. there was a Tongan couple All right. um, in South Auckland in mid-March 2021 who both died within 12 hours leaving, I think, five teenagers, wow. five children, um, who were awarded compensation. Yeah. But there were gag orders and, and name suppression all over this case. But it is absolutely real. Um, both of those cases turned up in the VAERS database, which is the American equivalent of our um, CALM. Uh, but it's obviously got a, you know, a hell of a lot more cases in it. Yes. And in fact, all the New Zealand ones turn up there. How do they turn up there? Uh, well, they, they're, they're just reports okay. made, um, and, and it does specify which country the reports come from. So it's not just the United right. States. Okay. Most of them are from the States. Yeah, I but They, they have some countries that they also receive. So this is a couple, reports. like husband, wife, or... Yep. Desperately tragic. I mean... Another coincidence? How do you get away with making it confidential? And whose interests is that? Well, it would have been presumably for the children, allegedly. Really? To protect the privacy of the children. Well, your guess is as good as mine, Paul, but I imagine that's what um, that's what would have been said. Because it hid the story. Hmm. Okay, well, that's, that's a terrible... That's a terrible one. Yeah, so I'm just looking at a few more here. Thomaston North, a 29-year-old man who um, had sudden chest pain and then collapsed and died after his soccer practice. 
um, in 2021. Um, we've written about um, a rest home nurse actually called Divya Manoj, an Indian lady who had a sudden cardiac arrest um, four days after the booster. Um, and she was found to have um, a rupture in a coronary artery. Yeah. That was just put down to, well, one of those things. Not too much. You know, Lifting not, something too heavy or something. <laughs> nothing about the, you know, hurriedly rolled out, untested, experimental hmm. jab that she'd had four days before. Yeah, right. Um, Only four know, days. Uh, mm. Yes, but... but an illustrative point here is that the coroner said um, that the pathologist had told him that it wasn't the jab. Well, the pathologist doesn't know. He doesn't know it's not the jab. Yeah. You can't prove it wasn't. And in fact, of all the possible causes, it's surely see, see, a fairly likely one. That's so lame. But but there are many cases like this. But but to, to think that's credible answering in that way, you know that it's not. It's so lame. It's so damn obvious. Boy, people must feel very guilty when they answer like that. Anyway. Well, look, I mean, there are uh, over 700 now um, that we say, you know, need proper investigation and may well be because of the experiment. Hmm. And um, no, yeah, one's, yeah. no one's proved that they're not. No one's turning over every stone yeah. to see whether, you know, whether we should all be warned and alerted. And, and I... I have no problem at all with the fact that this is this is happening. You'd like because people have done this sort of stuff. You'd before. like to be wrong. Oh, of course, of course. I'd like to be stuck in a stockade and have people throw yeah. rotten fruit and vegetables yeah. at me. Um, and in fact, if I'm being malicious, um, you know, I should be locked up in jail. Yeah. Um, if if I'm deluded, I should be forcibly medicated. <laughs> but you know, I, yeah. I have all my colleagues. You know, and we regularly check each other's sanity and mental health. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we we triangulate and you know peer review each other's uh, perception of what's going on and you're still confident in in your faculties obviously well we are well, well the risks of getting of ignoring this or you know let's pretend this isn't happening you know well, we're, we're into the medium term that's where we're at we're pretending yeah we're into the medium term sort of period after the, the jabs yeah aren't we so we haven't really even begun to get to the long term um, issues that well, might what's arise. What's your gut on the long term? You may not want to. Well, no, I don't. Speculate. I, I don't, frankly, because look, I, I don't know. I can't. I can't read tea leaves, but it's not looking good with the short term and the medium term no. effects. And just because most people may think they're okay, doesn't mean. And I'm not saying this deliberately to frighten people, but I do want to prod people into some sort of awareness that they need to look around, you know, smell the air, yeah, and and decide if they need to get involved in this whole thing and demand some answers from who this well what we need what we need is an independent public inquiry is it with, possible with wide terms of reference well only if parliament's forced of course because all the institutions are questionable on this is well there... certainly it seems like they've been stood aside and and you know there are good people in there um, but they've frankly a lot of these institutions have been riven with illness I mean, try and get anything done by anybody. And, and it's the same story. Oh, you know, we can't get staff. You know, we've got illness. And, and well, see, this blah, is blah, the blah. thing. This could be a, um economic slash national security issue for a country eventually. If mm. you can't marshal a workforce to keep your economy going, if you can't afford to compensate the numbers of people involved, if you can't provide medical care for them to any, any meaningful level, 
then we got huge problems. Well, this is what Edward Dowd's talking about. You know, the social capital that's yeah. being lost. It's a train crash. Epic. And should we be worried about this? Of course we should. We should be absolutely horrified. Well, they spent $500 million on rat tests. Mm. So you know, if, 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 <laughs> if I didn't know better, and maybe I don't, um, you know, you might almost wonder if this is all engineered. And certainly when you look at all the other ways, and I, we've spoken about this before, you know, that, that our way of life is, is changing and, and under threat. From every angle. And, and, and from every angle. It's not just about health. I mean, health is always the thing that works because people are most frightened of, of their mortality and, and of their health. Yeah. And, and it'll certainly get people's attention. Um, but alongside that, or in the smoke screen of that, you know, you can railroad in, you know, a war against the car and a war against carbon. Yeah. And, and a war against food. Beef. And, and you know, we shall all eat insects and be happy. Yeah, um, not me. And, and we're against the you know economy and and um, you know behind, I think is is a sort of very sinister, yeah, sort I of in, infection if you like that's got into agree. the minds yeah. as it has done frequently throughout history and certainly in the twentieth century, you know. And I keep coming back to this fact that that you know a hundred million people were murdered by their governments in the twentieth century. Yeah, most of them sadly of, of the left persuasion. Collateral damage. Um, but this sort of collectivist thinking, this kind of hive mind that, that, that takes over, um, can do a lot of damage. So uh, what, what we're actually suffering is very little compared to what some countries have gone yeah, through this in is our just recent the beginning, history. Potentially. Well, that's the worry, isn't it? So we've mentioned some names, well, not some names, well, a couple of names, but ages and, and sort of circumstances. If you've got some more. Sure, oh, we, I, I can just We can you know, hear a few more. Through. And then I want to ask about how we drive this home, you know? Sure, 33-year-old man um, just up the road from, um, from Wellington, died of a heart attack at home two days after the jab. You know, 33, Yeah. heart attack. Should be at the peak of your fitness and health at 33. Really? I would um, have thought. 39-year-old woman uh, died four days after her jab in, in Wangarei, actually, that one. Um, and cause of death was a blood clot in the brain or an aneurysm. And yeah. an aneurysm is a weakness or a bulging yeah. where the blood vessel gives out. Right. Uh, it doesn't tell you why. No. You know, what was the precise pathology? And we know that New Zealand doesn't use um, the, the stains that, that can show up spike protein right. in the lining of blood vessels, for instance. Yeah. That'd be a clue. <laughs> uh, well, you'd you think it would. Um, yeah. and, and, and there are some very exacting procedures for postmortems that, that, that should be done if you suspect, um, you know, a, a vaccine injury or, or a medication injury. Um, and, and we just don't do them here. Yeah. Um, um, so we've got some forty-two-year-old man. He was actually living in Melbourne at that stage. Um, he was out running and he dropped dead um, a couple of weeks after his second jab. Um, I'm just looking for. I one. wonder how many people are actually curbing their their exercise now because they. Well, they might not be telling anyone, but they because they're worried. You know? is, is, isn't this one of the things that the media have been telling us is what's doing us in? You know, people taking too much exercise. Uh, you know, young people being too fit. Yeah. I mean, for God's sake, how stupid do they think we are? Well, you know, we do go collectively stupid when we're made to be scared. Yeah. Um, and we're locked up. You know, we're disempowered and imprisoned and threatened. Yeah. 
too fit. People will do, you know, all, all, all sorts of things. Um, 23-year-old, acute cardiac failure. 24-year-old man, sudden cardiac arrest. He was back visiting from, um, from Dubai, actually. Right. Um, I, I mean, there's actually t too many here. Yeah, the pages, um, we, the pages. We have posted on them, and, you know, look, we will, um, we, we've started putting some first names out at least. We did a post recently, and we, we talked about, I think, about around about 20 children under 20, for whom there is no clear um, other obvious proven cause of death than the one we're talking about. Have you talked to any parents of these young people? Uh, yes, a few. I mean, I've, and, I've, I've mentioned a few. And, and, what, and, and how does that go? How, what's that like? Well, look, it's it's hard to generalise because I don't know if you've ever, um, you know, I hope nobody ever has the experience of losing a child. No, no, but there must be some some. I mean, obviously, there's grief, but is there any like reflection or anger? Well, look, I mean, I can try and summarise. Um, you see, it's not just me. My you know my other colleagues at NZTSOS are sort of variously involved with different families and yeah. um, and things. Yeah. Um, and I guess I could try and summarise what, what seems to happen in sort of seven or eight families that I can think of off the top of my head yeah. um, where they suddenly lost a child. Um, and, and that is they are um, obviously distraught. Just It's, it's unimaginable. Yeah. Um, it's the worst thing. And, unless it's happened to you, because then, then you know exactly what it feels like. You don't yeah. have to imagine it. Um, but plain, plainly, there's there's... there's a lot of fury and a lot of anger and a lot of determination. Um, and then over sort of one to two weeks, um, as maybe they're getting ready to, to speak out or whatever, um, you know, and look, I am generalizing here and I don't yep. mean to speak for many of the, okay. you know, hundreds of families that have had this sort of thing happen understood, to them. Understood. Um, they just suddenly go dark. Um, and, and in some of the higher profile cases, people have, the families have then moved, they've moved a long way away. Yeah. Um, so we had a case in, in Wellington and they moved to South Island. How, how, do, how do you afford to move in that situation? I've got no idea. I, I know where you're going. And certainly if, if, if I was presiding over this, the last thing I would want would be for, um, you know, the, the most harrowing and hard to ignore stories that of a healthy young person hmm. suddenly dying shortly after a medical procedure. I, I wouldn't want it to come out. And, and given the amount of money that's been spent on keeping this whole thing going, what is it, nearing 70 billion now? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're going to find money somewhere for whatever you want. Um, I'm, 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 this is purely supposition, and I don't have any evidence. I'm not making any accusations or claims, but um, it's hard to imagine what I would do because I don't, I'm not that sort of person. I can't imagine yeah, well, being in that position. I but but look, it's, it's happened, and I'm sure... Well, I would have Time thought will the, tell. The, Time last, will tell the last thing you want to do is uh, um, uh, uplift everything in the middle of that. And it costs you money to move. So I think we all know where, where we're, the sort of the door we're knocking on there. Mm. Okay, is there any, before we get to what I want to know about how, how to drive this home? Well, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of other themes, and one is. Um, it often seems that, that, you know, a whole heap of crap falls on, on one person or one family. Um, so there was a 55-year-old lady um, from, from overseas who died in um, July 2022, last year. Um, and her ex-husband and three other family members um, had all died between September 2021 and March 2022. Wow. 
Um, we've got a 23-year-old student, a male student, who was found dead by his mum in his flat. Uh, and he supposedly died from acute heart failure, according to the... 23, the yeah. It happens to a lot of 23-year-olds. Yeah. Um, I know the family of this last down in, um, in Wanaka, she was 42. Uh, and 10 days after her second jab, she just sat up in bed with a, with a head rush um, and, and just died. Now, she was ruled as a likely um, yeah. vaccine death due to myocarditis only months and months and months after the initial investigation had said it wasn't the jab. Um, because the family turned down a very paltry offer from ACC of compensation. Um, she left two children. Um, and, and the ex-husband was furious, rightly. Yeah. And, and they were worried that he would go to the media. So they then alerted the Independent Safety Monitoring Board, whose job, you know, when they get round to it, is to look at these death reports and, yeah. and, and find reasons to We don't not. want them saying too much too loudly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so they suddenly announced that, you know, New Zealand may have its fourth case, Okay. Of, of vaccine death. So new, he, new information had come to light. What, months and months later? Yeah. Later, okay. Yep. Um, 46-year-old teacher, um, two days after his first jab, died in Christchurch Hospital. Massive heart attack. Uh, I mean, I've got eight pages of A4 yeah, here. I can see it, yeah. Um, and, and, and this isn't to ignore, the, you know, the many older people and elderly people who right. died too. Um, you know, many of them, though, Hale and hearty and, and unexpectedly. That's right. But I think for this, for the purposes of, of our chat now, I think it's important that people understand that we're talking about here people who normally are in the greatest of health. I mean, you've seen it over your career. Once or twice maybe in your entire career. And here you have pages and pages. Something is up. Okay. All right, this, it's the whole country, but, you know, it's only 5 million people. Um, and for most of my career in New Zealand, I actually worked in, in many, many different practices. So, you know, you, you kind of borrow other people's yeah. patient populations. So it's not like I've spent 20 years just, no, with, but, just with my own 1,500 but, but, patients. But it's not. If, if, there was, if this was normal, you'd, you'd, you would have seen a lot more. Mm. And, and all my colleagues say the yeah, same thing as yeah. well. And you would have been saying now, well, yeah, we've seen this before. It's kind of business as usual, but you're not mm. saying that. No, but, but also we notice patterns. You know, yeah. we notice at the beginning of the winter. What, we all do. What the flavor of the month virus infection that's mm. doing the rounds. It's pretty obvious, You right? know, what is it that may be carrying off a few people in the rest times, you know, who are at, the, at that point in their lives. Anyway, you know, you, you notice patterns mm. um, because we're trained to do that. Mm. Um, so, you know, you notice very quickly. Of course. Um, when, when people are being carried off way way before um so this this is too important to ignore um yes we may have got this all wrong i hey, I, I wish we had but it, that but, doesn't matter but just imagine end. that we haven't you know can people no one's really gonna die from looking into it no that's right can people really afford to ignore this some um, people can <laughs> yeah look that, that's true but you know you 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 mentioned how many people are getting jabs and we, it, it seems there's an exponential drop-off. With each yeah. booster campaign, only about a third of the people that got the prior booster or the prior jab um, that tells have, you something. have got it. Well, it tells me a lot. Hmm. You know, and that means that there are a lot of people who are prepared to you know, disobey yeah. government instructions, if, if you want to put it, it like that. It could be further along than we think. Yeah, you know, and I think that they're recovering their idea silent. that actually it's up to them. Yeah. But the message... I want to leave people with it's also up to them um, whether they buy into all the other nonsense that, that's being spouted. Yeah. You know, there there may be something in carbon dioxide heating the planet, 
caused by human activities. I don't think so personally. I have put a lot of time and effort over the years into watching this whole thing because it's very relevant to me and my family and everybody else. So, um, But certainly I'm convinced that I've been lied to in, by these people. They've been lying in their teeth to me and everybody else on a hugely important yeah. fiction. And I no longer trust um, them on... on anything else why would you because you can see what's in it yeah for you know if you pursue the love of money being the root of all evils yeah um it's very plain you know who and how they're going to make out like bandits from all these changes in our lives that are coming our way we've just got to wake people up to the fact they're happening and as i said right at the beginning once you accept that it's happening you got to you got to defend yourself. You have got to do something about it. So you you talked about um, your colleague who put that question to Shane Retty, mm. who you know would probably have dreams of being the health minister. Oh, I don't doubt it. Um, okay, and he said, "Well, you know, I'm all right, and I don't know anyone." So that was about the extent of his reaction. It seems to me that you know that the very people who <laughs> should be awake are not and I don't like using that word anymore it's mm. overused so okay we can talk about these cases and people can share this and so on and so forth H- how do we how do we really get in with it how, how do we really drive it like a mm. sledgehammer how mm. do we drive it home find it because it at some point it will yep we'll have to find a home you know so you know if, if we think somebody's doing bad stuff to us where do we go you know we, what are our options we usually go to we, the police we go to the police and we've been to the police yeah so and they in, in a nutshell they, they looked at the medsafe website and they said well there is a reporting system there do seem to be some reports there so nothing to see here right um and we got the same response from the the general manager of medsafe uh, and we've written numerous times to um you know the mps and the ministers and the regulators and things like that we're going to keep doing that um but you know we all have our own mps um we're a small country you know we know people that work in ministries yeah um and and we have to buttonhole those people and we have to say you are you know you're being paid by us taxpayers surely your primary responsibility is to protect the public good um do you think you're doing this what's happening we are grown up enough to be told the truth if you're not the right person to lead us out of this because you got us into it, move aside. Yeah. And, you know, we will decide uh, how we wish to be, um, you know, how we want to move this forward, how we'd prefer to be administered. You know, personally, I'd like to see a lot more local government, a lot more of us getting involved on the ground and a lot less central government. And, you know, and there are some parties who espouse that as well. Apparently. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's nothing, nothing. Local government has been controversial kind of about that. Captured in a way as well. Yeah, we're, we're famous around the world for having every single city, town, sign up to this, you know, 15-minute smart yep. city agenda. Yep. And, and many people, especially including the councillors themselves who voted for it, have plainly got no idea... I don't know how... <laughs> ...how that's actually going to play out, what I, it's going to mean for them. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. Okay, so uh, elections coming up... Um, uh, there's been, you know, Winston's been saying a kind of a few things. I think he's dipped his toe in the water. Oh, I, look, I, I think to be I fair to him, I, it seems like he's doing more than that. I think as as he's learning, it sounds to me like he's growing in confidence. Um, Is that what a, about, needs to happen? A, about what we're up against. Um, well, somebody needs to lead us out of this. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and 
better, I suppose, for the stability of the country and everybody's, you know, health and safety. Yeah. That it's, you know, it's an established. Um, what about the other party? But but you know, we're going to have to look at our entire system of representation. Yeah. Um, at, at some point as well, so to see how this could have happened, and obviously to make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, but he's talking the right things about getting getting us out of the WHO. What about the other parties? Because it's quite fragmented. Yeah, look, there's there's still plenty of time, and and I I actually see it as a sign of, you know, the number of people who, um, you know, really want to do some good, and who feel they've got fire in their belly and wind in their sails to want to lead a party and do something about it. Yeah. I don't see that as a bad thing. No, it's a good um, thing, but um, you, you need to have a, a a usable block of votes, right? I mean, in the end. Yeah, well, you know, the, the best person will win. Yeah. You know, the people that have the most compelling mm. message um, by election time, I guess, will get the most votes. Um, but there's there's a way to go yet. And okay. there's already been a lot of, you know, jockeying and, and, and shifting and things. And I just say to people who are you know, worried and panicking. Um, well, look, this is the system we've got at the moment. But if, if however it plays out, fails the people, well, again, I come back to this question, what are we going to do? Well, the, the end game is not pretty, potentially. Sorry oh, the, the worst case scenario is awful. Yeah. Of course it is. None of us want that. And, and uh, I don't think any of us know if that is a likely possibility. Well, it's, it's happened plenty of times in other countries. And look what's happening in France. Well, you actually have to look quite hard what's happening in France because, of course, our wonderful, yeah. reliable, truth-telling mainstream media um, is keeping very quiet about that. I wonder why. And if you've seen some of the video from some of the uh, Stop Co-Governance tour going around the country, mm -hmm. it's, it's not good. <laughs> No, humans get very, very passionate, and, a, and and they they you know they can be captured and easily riled up. They can be, yeah, yeah. All right, is there anything more to say about that list? I mean, there's so many names or, or people on it. I mean, we could be here all day, but uh. well, I, I would just challenge any any uh, well any critics um, of which we've got plenty, I'm sure. Yeah, um, you know, to prove to us all that these people um, didn't actually die from you know what. Yeah, uh, because and if you can chances prove that, are chances are they did great. If you can prove it, yeah, great. We'll we'll be happy. Yeah, actually, but you have to actually go through a process. Yeah, and present that to us. Yeah, rather than just um, doing everything you can to prevent that process happening in the first place. Thank you again, Matt, for coming in. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd like. I was going to say it's always a pleasure, but it's, it's actually never a pleasure. It's actually um, very sad. I, I have trouble not tearing. Trying to, I try not to tear up in these things because it is so bloody sad. Well, it's increasingly real um, for yeah. us and people that things have happened to that we know. Yeah, well, and this I is know. the point now. More and more people are resonating with with because they know people, mm -hmm. and that's the numbers game. You will know people. All right, Doctor Matt Shelton. I can still refer to you as Doctor. Can I? Until my dang die, I believe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whenever that is. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, you won't be on that list, I don't think. Okay. Good to catch up with you again. It won't be the last time we chat. Let's see what happens. Thank you very much, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.